This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Necessary Roughness brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., today, March the 1st, is Fat Tuesday. A day that was put on the calendar. I know there's a lot of different reasons, but it was basically put here for me and you. I I first want to ask you, your favorite flavor of punchkis. Are we just talking traditional, like raspberry, like the vanilla, you just whatever? Just tell me the, what flavor you. If if you um, had a, a choice, and you said to to whoever your local baker is, I want this in my punchki. What would it be? Probably, uh, man. Probably raspberry. Yeah. I think that's just. Uh, it's more traditional, right? It's that or either the plain, which is just like the plain vanilla cream. filling, cream, yeah, custard, cu- custard, yeah. Uh, that was good too. I gosh, I, I gotta be honest with you. I know you uh, had uh, quite the nice delivery this morning. It oh sounded my like goodness. I have yes. not had a punchki in probably four or five years. Um, what? It's like a heart attack snack right there. But it's <laughs> so last year, it's a, same it's a, people it's a delivered great them. Treat though, it is. Yeah, our friends over right across the street, VNA, um, they've got a baker that drops them off, and they share their wonderful bounty with us. Last year, a dozen were delivered, and I ate a dozen. You ate all of them? I ate all of them. Oh my goodness! Yes, and and, and now it did wow. take me four hours. Uh, because they delivered, well, and even a little bit less than four hours because they delivered them, I want to say around 6.30-ish. And by the time uh, Doug and Gator took over at 10, there were no more punchkis left. Um, and I did clear it with them. They did not want any, and so I didn't feel selfish because Stoney wasn't eating them, Tom wasn't eating them, Greg wasn't eating them. You at least offered one to like other people, though. Well, yeah, but there, I mean, it was the it was the middle of the pandemic. There yeah, wasn't anybody here. That's true. I offered them, and and everybody said no. So I, I I out of respect for our our great friends that delivered them, I didn't want them to go to waste. Yeah, that's a good point. I got a question though. How did your stomach feel on Ash Wednesday? <laughs> is that what tomorrow is? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. Um, it, it honestly, at that point of my life. Uh, it felt terrific, um, and You're by that yourself, I mean huh? I was—I I wasn't necessarily proud of myself, but 
every bite I took, I enjoyed. Um, now, a year later, uh, and the fact that I've I've finally um, looked in the mirror and my kids have addressed my, uh, my what you might call a weight issue uh, with me. Um, I've, I've dropped a little bit. I only had two today, and so and both of them were raspberry. Um, they have it's know, willpower right there, my oh, friend. Oh man, Good they were you. sitting next to me. Stony wasn't even here, right? He's doing the show from uh, from Boca, and. So, you know, nobody was there to eat anymore, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to show a little restraint this year, um, and I did. But I, I do a little quiz time uh, for TJ, and, and I I apologize for setting you up. Um, I apologize. Don't apologize. Uh, spell Poonski for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I got some Polish in the family. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm going to go P-A-C-Z. K I, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm going. Did I get it right? I'm looking at your. Go, come on over. Look, I got nothing. Wednesday, March. Look, I'm looking up Ash Wednesday. That's it. Nothing about Poonskis over here, dude. I'm Polish. I got it right though, didn't I? Yeah. But Pat, because I always remember it. It's like Pat's key, Pat Z type. Is it up? So okay, so P A C Z K I. Yes. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, you nailed it, dude. God. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm not a Poonski rookie. <laughs> but you haven't had it in four years. Yeah, I thought I, I, I thought damn for thing, sure though. I was going to stump no, you on I that, got one. that one. I, got I looked that. it up like five different times today, and other than the fact that it's written down, I still wouldn't be able to spell it. I can eat them, yeah. like the best of them, I, but I can't spell it. You know what? I uh, That's I grew up in a Polish family, um, going to church all the time. But I, I got to be honest. I think like yesterday, I didn't even really, didn't even really click that tomorrow's Fat Tuesday. Yeah. And I think last night I started to see people talking about Fat Tuesday and Poonchkis, and so maybe yeah. I had something ingrained in my head. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Poonchki uh, aficionado, my friend. Um, what, uh, what other Polish words do you know? Gosh, you know, my grandma used to speak. Uh, some Polish to us, like really? when she was mad. Mostly, can you speak? Can, no, I mean, no, no I like can't. any sayings that your grandma had. Yeah, one she used to say all the time was like, "Oh, buja, buja, buja," and I'm like, "What the hell is buja?" And I don't even know what it means <laughs> now. But there's, oh, gosh, there's still, yeah, there's still a few that, and uh, our Polish friends maybe can help us out and give us feedback what that means. But oh, buja, 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 that was one big one that I remember. Um, there used to be a couple more I can't remember, but my grandma and um, grandpa actually pretty much both came over from uh, Poland, yeah. you know, when they were, when they were youth. So uh, yeah, I got a little bit of Polish history there, but two youths, um, two youths. Yeah. Two youths from, uh, <laughs> from Poland, from Poland. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, we're obviously in a religious week. We're not getting into that, but I wanted to ask you something with tomorrow being Ash Wednesday. Okay. Marks. A S H. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Boom. Ding, ding, ding. Great job. Uh, Mark's the first day of Lent. So I okay. know you said you've, I don't know your religion or anything. We're I'm not, not going to get into that. You're not Catholic. Okay, so no. you've never done Lent. the Lent. Okay. No, no. Um, I don't give anything up. Okay, I am Catholic and I got to be honest. My wife I don't know is. if I've ever given anything up either. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried before. Yeah. I've tried. Oh, oh, my no, God. I hear all the time people say, like, a long oh, time. I'm, I'm giving up swearing. Yeah. I'm like, well, what the is that yeah yeah 40 days is a long time yeah so if you're gonna give something up better be is something it, oh, it's 40 small. days yeah is, is that because of noah 40 or? days it goes all the way up until uh easter yeah so okay. uh you know the kids will usually uh you know my kids are in catholic school they'll usually come back with something i always kind of tell them hey one year my son tried to do like hot cheetos 
And I'm like, dude, you know that? I'm like, that's your favorite snack. Like, he makes 40 days. And I think he actually did it. Yeah, he did it. And uh, I always tell him, like, go with something small, you know? Like, for me, I'm going to give up, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, I'll give up, uh, you know, swimming for the next 40 days. So that's easily attainable. But no, that's. uh, Does it have to be something, like, food wise? Or it could be, it can actually be, like, you know, I'm not going to give up swearing or I'm going to give up. It's just Lent. I mean, it's just um, something just, that's important to right, you some, or right. a it's daily habit to, yes. that you recognize. It's, it's supposed to be something important to you, but it's supposed to be something that will also, um, you know, better your life, right? So, okay, I'm going to give up fast food for your, or whatever okay. it is, right? So yeah. it's supposed to be something that at least will help you because it kind of leads you up to, uh, you know, the whole Easter and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. See, I, I always thought that like fat Tuesday, I understand why I guess more now, like if you're going to give up something for 40 days, you would, um, you know, binge on it on, on the day before Ash Wednesday, which happens to be fat Tuesday. So uh, let me ask you if you don't, if this isn't too personal, I don't know how, um, you know, personal of a question this is because I'm not Catholic. Um, what are you giving up for Lent? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you have till tomorrow I, I, to decide. I, I, well, yesterday I told you. Yesterday I had no idea tomorrow was Fat Tuesdays, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, well, that means Ash Wednesday." And and uh, you know, that's when you go to a lot of people go to church on Ash Wednesday. You get you see a lot of people walking around tomorrow with a little ash uh, cross on their forehead. Oh, so really? that's who you know. You've never seen that. You've probably seen it before and been like, "What the hell is this going on?" Yeah. So that's, uh, you'll see a lot of that tomorrow walking around, but no, I haven't really thought about it because I just, I, what's the most I difficult forgot. thing you've ever I've given been a up? terrible, I've really been a terrible Catholic for the last like couple of years. I need to go to church more. Thanks. We're having a uh, intervention here Yeah, on the show today, but there you go. Um, yeah. Sunday <laughs> morning. The, when like, I don't remember. I, it's been a while since I did Lent. Yeah, to be honest with you, um, I think as a kid I used to give up, you know, snacks and and those sure. type of things. But yeah, I I don't Jelly know. Maybe beans. I will have a uh, come through, a breakthrough in the next whatever twelve hours before we hit Ash Wednesday tomorrow, and I will let you know. Though I will okay. let you know. I appreciate that. I look forward to. That. How about beer? I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, beer can't do. I can probably do like liquor because I'm not a big liquor guy, anyways. Right. Um, but beer, I can't do. I don't know. Yeah. I, I. It's been. You know what? I haven't. Oh man, another intervention. I haven't had a drink in like four <laughs> days because last week we were obviously we didn't do the show last week. I was on vacation. Yeah. Uh, it was mid winter break, whatever they call it for the kids. And we were down in Florida and I had a little sit down with myself when I got back Friday night. And I was like, boy, that was a rough week. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough week. And even my wife said, said, she's like, I think you drank like 120 beers last week. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm not feeling too in good about days? myself. So we've made it about four days so far. Um, with no beer? Yeah, with no beer. No beer since I got home from, uh, since I got home from Florida Friday. So I'm doing well on that. Four days is a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. Forty days, probably be impossible. Right? I'm, I, I imagine this coming weekend is yeah. okay, right? But no, forty days for beer is uh, it's a little too uh, too unrealistic. Uh, okay, all right. Well, we'll 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 stop the intervention um, and and for for either uh, 
TJ going to church or giving up beer. Uh, and we'll shift to uh, some sports topics, um, as we like to do, obviously, here on uh, uh, Necessary Roughness. And I do want to ask you about the Combine. Combine starts today. I know you didn't go. And my argument has always been – well, we're, we're, I, I wasn't invited. Let's make okay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't skip out on the combine. Yeah, right. <laughs> you weren't one of those guys that you, you see you now that go, yeah. invited that that goes and then doesn't even work out. Nah. Like what the hell is that? I you know uh, there's a couple guys already coming out. It's hey we're gonna go meet with the teams but no workout right. And I, look, you're a top five pick. Who gives a who gives a shit, right? Turn so on the why film. are they you're, invited? You're, That's the question I have is well, if, if this is supposed to be to evaluate the speed, the agility, yeah, all of the all of the measurables but a, of these athletes. A major part is the interviews and a major part is the Hell, we can do that over Zoom now. Right. Major part is the physical. People want to get their hands on you. People want to ch- check the knees. They want to get the MRIs. They want to get the x-rays. That is that's probably more important nowadays than watching people run fast or bench because you already have a preconceived notion of, okay, we know this guy's strong. We know this guy's fast. Okay. You're either just kind of reaffirming what you believe or, yeah, I don't know. I think the combine for a lot of players, it can do more harm than it can, um, you know, positive. Like it just, you don't really see a lot of guys that are stud players on the field that have a bad combine and then, oh, he's, he's not a first, oh, he's dropping to the fourth round. You can see it the other way um, sometimes where, hey, guy's not a good player, but oh my gosh, look at the combine. He's a freak and bumps up. Right. Yeah. And there's guys every year and there's teams that put more stock into that. But I think a lot of it is the doctors, the teams want to get a hold of these guys. They want to sit them down for an hour in the meeting room and kind of find out, especially when you're talking about uh, investing a first round pick in these guys, right? That's your future. So uh, I think, I think a big, a big part of that is, um, you know that's 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 probably more important than anything you do on the field is what you do in the meeting room and what you do ultimately uh, in the physicals. Well, so I I understand that point. I also think that these interviews could be done because there's visits that happen, right? You know they bring yeah. in athletes and you can have your own doctors and your own MRIs and all that stuff. And a lot of that is done in excess of what is done at the combine. I, I would propose a change, and I thought maybe we would get there after the two years that we've just gone through. Everybody's gone through in the entire world of, you know, the pandemic, where they didn't have the combine and it was pro days. And I would propose that instead of inviting the top, you know, two hundred guys, you lop off the top hundred because. Those players either probably went to a major program, one of the Power Five programs. You've got great film on them. You already know, as you mentioned, the top five or or the top ten picks aren't going to work out anyway. You can do those interviews off-site. You can do the the medical uh, evaluation off-site at a different location or different time. But I think the guys that would benefit the most and the teams would benefit the most is if you take off the top hundred, then you go from one Oh one. If they're going to invite, what does they invite? 300 guys, 250 guys. Yeah. You invite 70. Yeah. You invite one Oh one to three seventy. Those guys are the ones that you need to evaluate because they're either coming from smaller schools. They don't have a lot of film and there's question marks about those guys. And, and I think, for guys that are drafted in the first round, like we, we see all the mock drafts. We know, for the most part, 
you know, in the span of like, you know, 40 players, who's going to be taken in the first round? Right. Everybody else is somewhat of a crapshoot. And, and not that, you know, the first round isn't because we see busts all the time. But when you're drafting from two to seven in terms of rounds, I think you would, the NFL teams and the opportunity for players would be better served if you take some of those guys that don't have the film, you know, that, that you want to look at, that you can evaluate and say, okay, well, our, you know, uh, Sisters of the Blind played the, the Brothers of the Blind. How do we know how good this player is right. because of who they're playing against, the competition, the level? You might be look like a stud, but you're playing against terrible competition. Bring those players to the combine, and you get a chance to, to see, okay, how fast can they run? How tall are they? How much do they weigh? What's their agility like? And you could do medicals on them. I just think it would be better served to have those players come to the combine than – the, the top guys. Yeah, and you're you're probably right. Um, unfortunately, that'll never happen because, look, it's the NFL. Everything's about money. Everything's yeah. about TV ratings, right? If you put the combine on and Are you, you don't have any of the top 100 players, who's going to watch that, you know? I, I don't know. I always kind of flip through back and forth. And honestly, like, if you're a top 10 guy, top 5 guy, do you really need to work out? Probably not. But if you're a guy like Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau who – right now are like pretty much just dead equal in everybody's eyes. You look at all the mock drafts and you look at one of them's number one, one of them's number two, and it, you just like there's not a clear-cut winner. The combine for one of those guys could provide that clear-cut winner, right? If if Aiden goes out and runs uh, 4.6 and Thibodeau runs a 4.75, right now that now you kind of start to separate yourself a little bit. So there, there can be some advantages there. But, no, I'm with you. I think, look, I was – I was extremely disappointed not going to the Combine as a smaller school guy because I felt like it would have only improved my status. Right. And I was – it was – we talked about playing the All-Star games a couple shows ago, and I was actually down at the All-Star game. I was supposed to find out, like, the same day. I was getting calls, hey, you're – you know, we're getting down to, like, the final 10 guys. Your name's right in there, blah, blah, blah. You know, a day later I get the call, hey, you just barely missed the cut. And I was pissed off because yeah. I would have I would have tested well. I would have tested well. And for me, I felt like that would have been a great opportunity to go test against all these big-time offensive linemen. And even after my pro day, which, uh, you know, my bench press, my short shuttle, my 40, everything would have been top five or top ten at the combine. And a small school guy, that would have made me stick out a little bit. So I was a little bit upset about that. But, um, no, I'm with you. I think uh, that's probably – those guys have the most to gain. Right. That's um, why I the think small they should be at the combine. It, whether it's the on-field workouts or whether it's the stuff that we don't see that happens behind closed doors, um, how well can this guy adjust from a, you know, maybe a D2 school-type playbook to an NFL-type playbook? How You know, those are the things we don't get to see, but those are important for the small school guys because it allows the teams to really get a look at you and and figure out you know are you going to be able to make that step because the the guys that are at the combine pretty much we pretty much know most of them are going to be able to make that step to the nfl what i and i'm interested just like you are i'm interested in the small school guys who are going to be the small guys that can bump up into the second round and you're like who the hell is this guy and then you go back and you look at the combine or hey his pro day was insane and you're watching all these clips that they play and you're like god that, that guy really he really did well for himself. He really benefited himself by getting that opportunity. But, um, no, I think I watched the combine a little bit. I kind of flip it back and forth. The offensive line drills I'll kind of watch, uh, you know, just to see – 
you know, who the freaks are (laughs) of the year. You know, there's always one dude who runs like a four, seven, eight, and you're like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) 300 pounds, you shouldn't be moving like that. Um, But no, I think uh, relatively speaking, you also have to understand, and look, we both played a lot of of years in the NFL. We've seen guys come in that were absolute freak athletes that – we're horrible football players. Look like Tarzan, play <laughs> like James. <laughs> you see it every single year. And I think that most of the teams understand that not everything is testing. Right. It's Number not transferable. One, the first thing, the most important thing to get yourself drafted is your college tape. That is the most important thing. Second important is probably the interviews and uh, you know the, the physicals and, and the health and all that. And then the third is probably – uh, you know that what you do on the field, what you do testing, and and maybe if you really the bed, if you're an offense lineman, you bench like I don't know seven reps. <laughs> Two twenty five right. teams are going to be concerned, but if you're still a hell of a player, you know that it, it's all it's all about what you can do on the field. So um, the combine to me is just, and actually, you know what? I remember being so bitter at the time about not going. Um, but then when I got to my pro day, it gave me an extra month to train. Like I was actually grateful that I didn't have to go because you hear horror stories every year about how these guys, you know, get up at 5 a.m. and they got to get a quick breakfast in and then they're down to their underwear and then they're doing this and then they're doing interviews till midnight. Then they're getting up at 5 a.m. again. And it's just like, holy (laughs) (laughs) like that could be pretty overwhelming and that can affect really anybody's numbers. Right. And um, so I was, it was probably a blessing in disguise for me that I didn't get to go, but um, I was bummed because a small school guy felt like I really would have done well. Yeah, I was um, uh, talking about going down to your 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 shorty shorts. I was in line with Aaron Gibson, and I uh, we're down to our underwear, and you got to stand there, and a it's arms out. They're going to measure from you know your fingertip to your fingertip, right? And you're standing there in your underwear. They, you know you they want you to squat down. They want you to see how keep your hands above your head. They want to see how flexible you are. And when we first took our, 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 our clothes off, I was looking at it going, you know what? I feel pretty damn good about myself. I'm standing next to a 400-pounder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel all right. And then to watch him, you know, you want to talk about a freak athlete. Um, I know it, it didn't necessarily work out here in Detroit uh, for him, but a great dude and a guy that was, I mean, he could do the splits. And he <laughs> did the, the, the flexibility things where they ask you to squat, put your hands above your head, all those different things. And I was like, God dang it. And, and to your point, you do see freak athletes at the Combine. It is a sight to see sometimes and, and what they can do. Um, how much did – you kind of touched on this a little bit, but how much did not getting invited to the Combine motivate you, not just for your pro day, but to, again, prove everybody when you did get a shot and you, and you were in Green Bay to, to, to make it and be a, a good player and be a great player and spend a long time in the NFL, how much did those moments leading up to your rookie season motivate you? Yeah, they were probably invaluable, you know. I, I think, um, you know, having a pretty good senior year and being third-team all-conference, right, that motivated me. I felt like I was the best tackle in the MAC. Um, you know, not going to the senior bowl or even the second-best all-star bowl, um, you know, that just another slight that I felt like. Uh, added another chip to the shoulder, right? Yeah. Um, not going to the combine, right? That just kind of, kind of added that uh, an extra big chip that because that kind of broke me down a little bit. I was like, man, I, 
I feel like I'm better than, than a lot of these guys, you know, and um, there's two ways you can go. I mean, you can either use that to motivate you or you can use it to kind of, you know, slow yourself down a little bit and maybe those doubts start creeping in. Okay, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Maybe these teams don't think I'm as good as these guys who I think I'm better than, right? You kind of look in the mirror a little bit and start, uh, start questioning yourself. But, no, for me it was just uh, I never really – tried to make a big deal out of a lot of things. It was always like, okay, it didn't work out. Flip the page. Let's go, right? Let's get ready for pro day. And that's just how the mindset has to be. And I think it doesn't even matter in football. I mean, it's all of sports. It's probably all of (laughs) professions in the world, right? You're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad news. You're going to have people that tell you you can't do something. You're going to have other people getting promoted ahead of you, right? Okay, you can't control that. And uh, all you can control is your attitude and your effort. Get get a new goal, focus on it. That was kind of my uh, mindset when I was preparing to get into the NFL was – Okay, I don't. You see, you see guys every year that slide to the second round, right, or slide to the third round, yeah. right, and they're getting interviewed and they're just freaking ticked off and they're pissed and they make all these stupid statements. I'm gonna make every team pay that passed on me, right? Okay, hard ass. Like you, you've never played it down in the league. How about I was always a guy that I just wanted to get my foot in the door. That was yeah. it. When Green Bay called me on draft day, I was so thrilled. I was so excited. I was a fourth round. I didn't have any bitterness about dropping to the fourth. I was just so grateful to have an opportunity to go show people that the playing field's now even. It doesn't matter that I'm from Eastern Michigan and this guy's from Alabama and this guy's from USC and this guy's from Ohio State. It doesn't matter. We're all in the same room. We're all in the set. We're all we all got our foot through the same door. Now it's time to take to the next level. I hate the guys that want to come in and well, I I, I dropped to the second round. Boo hoo, poor me, and I'm gonna make them pay right and most of those guys never make anybody pay like let's be honest let's be honest so um, so it's just kind of well it's just I, I remember this guy he was a second round tackle my year and he he said the same shit. and the guy played like two years in the league and he was out and it's like okay because you yeah. kind of come in with that mindset of just i don't know i mean some people it probably works for for me it was just like dude it's the NFL. Like I'm grateful to have a chance, man. I'm grateful yeah. to just see what I can do and try to get better every day. And that's it. And I think that having that kind of laid back mindset, but also being grateful for everything and knowing how quick it can get taken away from you like that, just for me, it's what worked. And there's some other guys, you know, I played a long time with Aaron Rodgers. He's a guy that carried a chip on his shoulder every single day of his yeah. life. He hated dropping to, you know, pick 24, 25, whatever it was in the, in the mid-20s. He held. He still holds on to that slight to, till today, 17 years later, four-time MVP. He still holds on to that slight. So for some guys, it works for. Um, for me, it was just kind of, you know, turn the page and let's let's go. Let's focus on a new goal. Now, TJ, I do want to ask you about something that, that just came out yesterday. And this is something that bothers me. And I know that the game changes, athletes change, the business of football, the business of sport changes on a daily basis. But so many quarterbacks right now are going through a process of, I don't think my franchise values me enough or that they value putting a winner on the field and they're scrubbing social media there, you know, and you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. We know all of the drama that he has has had occurring in Green Bay. Some of it to to his making, some of it to Green Bay's making. But yesterday, Kyler Murray 
his agent released a statement. Now you're going to need your 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 readers uh, to be able to read it. It's yeah. uh, very the small type. They could find. Yeah. Um, what do you make of this? Because he's only been in the league three years, and I know he was rookie of the year his his rookie season. He's been to two Pro Bowls, but he hasn't made any run in the playoffs. He has got two years left on his rookie contract. Salary cap issues are not a thing with rookie contracts, yet he his two main points were he absolutely wants to be your long-term quarterback, speaking to the fans uh, in Arizona. And two, hold on, i got to make it a little bit bigger because it's so hard to read. He desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. Okay. I, yeah. Who doesn't? Hey. Uh, breaking news, everybody does. Right. <laughs> and second of all, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, here's the issue, the main issue I have with this, other than the ones I already mentioned, is that he's got two years left on his contract. He mentioned salary cap issues in there. It's not an issue with a rookie contract, but his his body language halfway through the season, whether it was an incomplete pass or he took a sack or something didn't go right, he would do the shrug, he'd throw his arms up, and it was, whether he meant it or not, it looked like he was blaming the receiver, the offensive mm-hmm. line, anybody else on the field, the coach, but himself. He would sit on the sidelines. We saw this in the playoff game all by himself and just completely look despondent um, and, and like he didn't really want to be there and that it was almost an insult that he was on the sidelines and they were not winning. To me, that shows a lack of leadership, a lack of immaturity, and wouldn't warrant a contract extension, one that is reportedly what he wants is $40 million a year. Your thoughts. I'll, I'll put the ball in your court. I wouldn't pay him. Um, and look, I don't – be honest with you, the guy's is he talented? Yeah, he is. Um, but after watching – the last couple weeks of the season after watching that playoff game um, and all the drama that's unfolded, you know, unfollowing them yeah. on Twitter and oh, putting Changing a statement out. Uh, like, yeah. I got to be honest, I wouldn't want that guy on my team. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want the Lions to trade for him. Um, even if it was, you know, the 32nd pick, I don't give a right. shit. I don't give a shit. I don't want that guy yeah. on my team. It's just that kind of entitlement that, unfortunately, uh, is ravaging the game right now. Um, you have a new era of players that, uh, you know, think it's all about me, me, me instead of the team. And um, look, Kyler Murray, you're not a freaking nine, ten year vet. You're you're not Aaron Rodgers. You're not even Russell Wilson, who's kind of had some of the same gripes the last couple years. Uh, you're in your third year, dude. And everybody watched you play in that playoff game. Everybody yeah. watched you choke at the end of the season. Like who? Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, one of the <laughs> worst performances the I've ever seen are? from a quarterback and not in even, the playoffs. And not even that. But I'm glad you brought up the body language part of it. Like he looked like he did not want to play football. No, that's how it looked. And I don't like to question guys' efforts, but it, he looked like he did not want to play football. That's the type of dude. That's the type of performance you're going to give, and then go out and then come sit here in the off season and talk about how much you want to be paid and, oh, I want to win a Super Bowl and I want to do this and my heart's like, good, shut the hell up, dude. That's yep. my kind of thought on it. And I, don't, I know you're an old school guy. I'm an old school guy as well. Like, if you want to be paid and you want all these, uh, everybody kind of, these ringing endorsements and everything that comes with it, 
go play football and go produce. Go go be a freaking MVP type player. Yeah. And then you can give yourself the leverage to do these things. You have not done anything in three years to give yourself any sort of leverage about saying, I want to be the highest paid quarterback and I want to do this and I want to do that. Like, just shut the hell up. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is, this is just where we're at in today's NFL and today's sports. I mean, people – look, I'm, I'm totally you, – you, you get every cent you can from these teams. I will never side with the owners. I'll never side with management. I'm always pro player. You get every dime you can. But there's a way you have to go about it. And going about it through social media and going about it in a childish high school type of way where, well, I'm not friends with you anymore and I'm not following you on Twitter. Like, dude, grow up and be a freaking man, will you? I mean, just handle your freaking business like most people do privately. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if Kyler Murray, if there's reports that came out, uh, you know, and all this was kind of swept under the rug and quiet, hey, Kyler Murray wants an extension. Okay, that's great. Everybody wants an extension. You get it. Right. But all, all this baggage that comes along with it just makes him look like a whiny bitch. That's what it does. <laughs> and you watch his performances the last couple, the last half of the season in the playoffs, he, he looked freaking terrible. Like, it's just, it, it is what it is. And I don't know how you can have that type of season-ending performance where, you know, you were what eight and one, nine and one at one point, and you get bounced in the first round, and you lose five of your last six games. Like it's just you, yeah. that's the wrong time to come out and talk about how you want to be paid. If you right. go on a run and hey, you made it to the MC Championship game, you lost a heartbreak, whatever it is, and at least people could see there's a future with your team. Yeah. Maybe then you have leverage. Is anybody sitting here right now picking the Arizona Cardinals to do next year? No, no. Because of the way you finished, Kyler. Like, that's just what it is. Nobody believes in your team, man. We saw your true colors. We saw your coaches' true colors. You guys flailed out again. You choked late in the season. It's just what you do. Like, you, for me, you have to be – you have to back it up. And Kyler Murray hasn't backed it up. I think when you look at a player's contract, because everybody knows what every single player is making in the NFL, guys are either overpaid or underpaid. And you've got to go out and prove on a – day in, day out, game in, game out, year in, year out basis, if you want a new contract, that you're underpaid. And it has to be clear. And I don't think there's anybody that would look at Kyler Murray and and right now say, you know what, dude, you're underpaid. You should be making more. I I, I just don't see it because they're going to have a decision just like like they have in – uh, in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, like what they have in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Now, I, some of those, like Lamar, I think will get paid. Baker, I don't know. Yeah, Is Kyler Murray any different than Baker Mayfield right now? Not at this point. I mean, neither of them have really done yeah. anything, you know? And you want to talk about <laughs> leverage. Like, okay, you, you've got two years left on your contract. The team holds all the leverage right now. Yeah. Plus, year six. They could just say, well, we're, we don't want to pay you that long term, so we're going to franchise you. Yeah. You're seven. Uh, you know what? We're still not sure we're going to franchise you. They got seven years of control if they want it. So the, the leverage is with the team. It's not in some statement that your agent put out. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I mean, like, and you read the whole thing, and it's just like, it's just a whiny, poor me type of. Yeah, like type of rhetoric towards it, and it's like, play are you well looking for public, sympathy? For sure, like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you, man? And and I don't, I mean, gosh, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to put my oh, foot in my mouth on. here, but no, it's just, yeah, I don't want to pile on, but it's just, it, it's, I don't, I don't, other teams take notice of this too. 
right? right? If you're sitting here saying, well, I'm not happy, they're not paying me and all this, and my agents go here putting out statements for me, and I want to win the Super Bowl, and I've been Would to you Pro want Bowls, that in like, your locker room? Would you want that in your locker room? If you're another team, would you trade for that, knowing that this guy is a whiny bitch and, like, this is what we're going to invest our future in? Right. I wouldn't, right? So I think other teams are taking notice of that as well. Look, Kyler. Everybody wants to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Look, Kyler, everybody wants to be a long-term player, like, in yep. this league and probably on their team that drafted them, right? It's just kind of the way it is. You're not different for anybody else. you got to back it up, man. Yeah. you got to produce. Well, I You want to be treated like Patrick Mahomes and, like, Aaron Rodgers? Then play like Patrick Mahomes right. and play like Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Those guys have at least earned uh, – and I know that Patrick Mahomes, there hasn't been any, um, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, controversies around his – you know, he's a very private guy, it seems. He's got yeah. his biggest extension. But Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to kind of decide how he wants his future to play out. He just yeah. has. Uh, and I, we've got a lot of time between now and the draft. Uh, we were going to talk some draft, uh, but I'm going to push that to next week. There is an interesting development yesterday. It was, um, I don't know if it leaked is the right term, but it was reported yesterday that there are three NFL cities that could possibly host – the 2024 NFL draft. And you and I have great knowledge and experience with all three cities. Those are the Green Bay Packers and the city of Green Bay, Detroit, and Washington, D.C. Do you think Detroit has a shot? Oh, man. Um, probably not, only because Green Bay has been like the kind of the front runner of this whole conversation about moving the draft and they've wanted to host the draft and they've yeah. wanted to host a Super Bowl and like they've kind of they've done a lot around Green Bay around their stadium to build up the infrastructure to be able to host these type of events yeah. and I think the NFL will probably end up rewarding them um, so when you try to compare Detroit to Green Bay, who's done more, who who kind of earned it, who kind of showed us that yeah. they're ready for it, it's probably Green Bay. They've probably done more, um, but to, Detroit would be great i mean detroit be awesome i mean it's not the detroit that hosted you know the 2005 super bowl where right. you know we all know what detroit was going through then i mean you know it's a totally different city now yeah. um so i think it would be it would be awesome to have an event like that one day yeah. um, whether you hosted at like we kind of bullshit before the show heart plaza campus yeah. marshes whether you do it d incorporate you know the district detroit somewhere down there um, with all the outdoor venues that they've kind of created around that area would be cool um but i i think green bay going back there this year i mean i only been gone for three years yeah i went back this year and i didn't even recognize the place like they've done so much they've built up this incredible um you know kind of park recreational area across the street and there's hotels and there's like all these rest and yeah. you're just like holy shit, like what happened and it's it's actually really cool but they've done it pretty much for the reason to try to get one of these big events whether it be in the draft or whether it be in the super bowl so i think what will happen well they will probably get it uh, but just the fact that detroit's being mentioned as a finalist the top three like that tells me that at least people are starting to take notice of what uh, the changes that are going around Detroit, right? And that's pretty cool. And that's pretty cool. And I don't know if we have, like, we don't, well, they did in Chicago a couple years ago. Um, and they had, you know, that outdoor amphitheater, which was really cool. I don't know if we have an area like that here in Detroit, but 
didn't they host it in Cleveland? They like, hosted it in last, Cleveland last year, a couple years ago. A couple of years ago, maybe it was last year. Yeah, Detroit's pretty comparable to yeah, Cleveland. It's going to be in Vegas this year, right? Yeah, but obviously you can't compete with Vegas. <laughs> but no, Detroit. I mean, you, you talk about uh, Cleveland being able to host one of these big events. Yeah, Detroit. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, Cleveland's kind of the armpit of the Midwest, but yeah, you know, the, the cities, the infrastructures, the downtowns are actually pretty comparable. So um, Detroit would be able to host one of these events, and I think it would be great. I think it would be uh because uh, there's still a lot of people out there unfortunately that think where are you from detroit oh god like oh right. man sorry to hear that and it's a like chance to show up dude, you ever been there like you ever been there yeah. right so that would be a chance to um maybe change a lot of people's minds and their perception and their thought about what they think of when they think of detroit they think of probably whole uh you know bad down whatever it is that they have in their mind i hear it all the time um that would be a good chance to actually show um, you know, the changes that have been made and how great of a city it is. Well, when we get return next week, we are going to talk a little draft, what the Lions should do with number two, um, what they're going to do at 32 and 34. Uh, a lot of draft capital to play with. So uh, we, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you like, uh, subscribe, send us your comments, and make sure you download the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week on Necessary Roughness.